Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic. And at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to That Moment with Damon John, and I am Damon John, and today we are going to get into it with the legendary Ice-T. Let's get into it, man. When you found out your album now was being blocked by Warner, how was the initial reaction? Tell me about the initial reaction. Um, What do you mean, with the Cop Killer record? Yeah, well, you know, I know that they, they weren't going to put out anymore, you know, and you worked hard on that on that album, and... um. You know, they just said, we're not going to back this anymore. And I, and I know no, no, that's not how it happened. Own. That's not how it happened, Dane. It didn't happen like that. Okay. It, 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 All right. We made this song called Cop Killer. I was on Sire Warner Brothers. 
And the record came out and it did phenomenal. Uh, the album came out, it went gold. Warner Brothers was really excited about it. You know, we actually had a party for the success of the record. And then uh, we got hit by the Fraternal Order of Police out of Austin, Texas, that said Cop Killer was the cause of this problems or drama. Really, the police were under siege, just like they're under siege now. And somebody smart said, why don't we just push the, the narrative at Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers uh, put out this record. Now, they couldn't really get mad at me because I'm a black man and I'm making you know noise about the corruption we've been dealing with our whole life. But they were like, Warner Brothers, big corporation. How can you allow this man this platform? But Warner Brothers stood stayed down with me. Gerald Levin, who is the head of uh, Time Warner, wrote a big letter to the Washington, I mean, to the uh, to uh, Wall Street Journal. And they backed me. They backed me as much as they could. Uh, it hit them in the stock. Uh, you know, stock prices started to dry. And what the problem was, what I was saying, they understood, but they're a white corporation. They're a corporation. They're part of the system. So now this is challenging them and their stockholders. Now, you got to remember, at the time, Warner Brothers had myself. They had Prince. They had Slayer. They had Sam Kiniston. They had uh, Andrew Dice Clay. They had the Ghetto Boys. They had a lot of controversial, edgy artists. Madonna. And Warner knew that as soon as they allowed them to censor me, it was going to be a problem. And I went into a meeting with Lenny Warnaker and Mo Austin, and they broke it down to me. They, there was a big corporate table in front of me, and they said, uh, I see, this is it. You're an artist on Warner Brothers. And the guy put a quarter on the table. He said, you see the size of this quarter? This is how big Warner Music is compared to Time Warner. We're, so you're a dot on that small quarter and what you're doing is is hurting the entire thing. So I was like, damn, you know? And I, I just kind of felt some kind of way like they're doing everything they could to support me. So what happened was the next album I was putting out was a rap album, which was called Home Invasion. And when I went in there to do that record, uh, when I turned it in, they had me come in and they had every word on the record written out in big letters on a board they were going through every little thing and there was some there was some sketchy lyrics in there i had a, a lyric said i don't give a fuck about a cop or a g-man they all talk shit their breath smelling like semen i catch them in the alley all alone put them in the prone pop 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 to the dome so i'm, I'm they like you're killing cops again right but i'm like this gangster rap right so it was so they were so uptight dame that I eventually just said, you know what? Let me go. I asked for the release. I said, it's kind of like me and you are in business and I'm like, my politics is messing with your money, but we friends. Let me go, man. I'm no hard feelings. And um, I never had a hard feeling with Warner Brothers. And what Warner Brothers did that was very cool, the Home Invasion album was about a half a million dollar album to make. They gave it to me. They never recouped it. They just said, here, good luck, Ice. Because you got to remember, for so many years, like 10 years, I was the number one rapper on that label. They loved me. They, you know, I had done nothing but bring them gold and platinum records, six, six consecutive gold and platinum records. 
So they couldn't turn on me like that, but I got them in a sticky situation. And um, that's what happened. Um, a lot of people didn't understand. The Source magazine went after me, said I, I, I folded. Uh, Chuck D said the best. He said, those that aren't in the war shouldn't comment on the battles. You have no idea what was really going on behind the scene. But uh, that was it. But Warner never really did low. They didn't do low. They, it was just a bad situation. I, um, history is proven or history is reflected only the times that large corporations or any company turn their back on people. I mean, we do see Nike will Nike will stand on the side of what they believe is right. Even when somebody's kneeling, they'll stand on that side um, and we can use them. But I don't think I've ever heard of a music label, especially a label that wasn't backed by like let's say a young person hip like you, right? Like you, mm -hmm. I've heard of Jimmy, I being back in, you know, and, and having somebody's back. I've heard of a couple of people, but I never heard of something like a Warner backing you. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's really rare. So. You know what it was, Dame? I don't think they were backing me as much as they was back in the principal. They were back in the principal overall. Somebody, yeah. Once they censor you. Yeah. And if you notice at the end of it, there was no more Warner music. At some right, point, right. The last, the last thing was when Death Row was trying to get involved, and Ted Turner came in and shut that whole shit down. But nah, they they pretty much all the edgy groups left Warner Brothers at that time, uh, and they knew that. They explained that to me. They like it's bigger than you. Yeah. It's it's. Where you go after that though? You know what? Because I'm I'm trying to find out that moment. That moment you're saying you were you were you were you were doing well on there. Ten years in, you had already. We'll get, we'll get to the origin of when you decided to put that gangster rap on an actual an album and, and go out there. But where did you where did you go right after that? What were your options? That moment when you were like, "Let me go." Did you already think I listen? I'm getting my guys in a sticky situation. I have other opportunity. Did you feel like, were you being, of course, courted by other people? Or was it like, I'm going to go do this shit myself? Like, what was that moment in your life? It was, it was nerve wracking, man, because, you know, we, I was red hot. Yeah. You know, uh, the cop killer record, even though it was, it was in trouble, it went, it sold a million records. Every record up to that point, Ice-T was either gold or platinum. So I wasn't on a downstroke, but I was just like, kind of like an out, like people were afraid to touch me, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I basically went over to Priority. Uh, Priority, Brian Turner over Priority was familiar with the funk because he had put out NWA. Mm -hmm. So he was not afraid of it. He was like, let's do it. We'll do the home. I did two albums at Priority. What year, what year was this? I can't even tell you the year. I know that cop killer shit hit in 92. Right. So it was probably 93, 94. Right. Trying to drop another record. But Brian Turner put out the Home Invasion album. Uh, then he put out the Return of the Real album. And then later on, he put out the Gangsta Rap album. So I went over to Priority because they were like not as big a corporation and they didn't give a fuck. And then Body Count went over to Virgin because Virgin is a British-owned company. And 
they didn't really give a fuck about American politics. They were just like, fuck it. You know, that's that's um, Richard Branson in that. Yeah, he was already so a rebel was, himself. He was already damn near in trouble for himself Yeah, it, it, at that time, right? Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, you know what? If you're moving records, it's not going to be a problem to find a, a home. Uh, I remember we went over to... Uh, when we went to... When I went to... Uh, Virgin, I went over there with my my balls. I let my balls hang. Like they were like, well, we were like, what do we want for the record? <laughs> I said, I need a million up front. Mm. I need a million dollars up front. I said, don't offer me three hundred thousand. I got a watch that costs three hundred thousand. Let's let's talk some numbers. I said, give me the equivalent of the album going platinum up front. And if you don't think the record's going to go platinum, why are we here? Why are we here? I need to be someplace that knows you can move a million records because I've done it before. And they leaned back in the chair and wrote the check. So, you know, and that was my first really, you know, me me being able to negotiate because my Warner deal was always in a slow increment because I'd signed, you know, a long-term contract. Now I'm a free agent. So, and in them days, getting a million dollars for a record up front was big. Right. Big. Now these kids are getting yeah. 20 millions, and th- but that was big. Let, let, let's 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 wind it back because I want to know when when you were frustrated and you know nothing you know you and you and you know we're boys I know that you served this country I know that also you 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 was a bad guy you know you were doing what you had to do when you decided at that moment to create your first single your first song can I can I ask you what was going through your head around that time what were the records that were motivating you at that time because you know me when I was coming up it was uh. It was a rising to the top by Kenny Burke, or it was um, um, public enemy fear of you know you know fear of a black planet and stuff like that. And I or oh no, Rakim paid in full. I'm driving my car going. I'm gonna get paid in full, right? What were the right. songs of that time when you were first coming up and you were like, this is this is, and whatever you were doing, you was on the car to go go and do something that right. we don't agree upon now, or you was heading to the right. studio and you were just you were frustrated or excited. What was the songs that you remember at that time, at that moment, for the most part? Well, I first started hearing rap when I was in the Army. And, um, you know, I went out of high school. I went in the Army. And there were New York kids there from, and they had the tapes, mm-hmm. you know, before. So I was hearing Flash, and I was hearing Treacherous 3 and all that on cassette tapes. And uh, when Sugar Hill Gang came out, I was like, I could do that. You know, I could do that because I've been saying raps for the gangbangers in the streets. I knew how to rhyme, so to speak. And uh, when I came back from the army, my intention was to be a DJ, like Uncle Jam's army. And, you know, do that. But I got more attention rapping. But it was like Curtis Blow, um, Furious Five, the groups that were out there. And then the first real superstar rap groups like Run DMC and people like that that came out. LL, of course, he came out before me. And those were like the targets, you know? And like everybody talked about the LL beef with Ice. Well, that was because he was the best. Right. And he was a solo artist, and I was a solo artist, so you have to go after the man. You have to go after him, you know? The only way to beat a man is to challenge the man, you know? So I was rapping like that, like a battle rapper. Like that kind of rap was my first style well you took it to another uh, level though you know because i grew up thank god with them and i remember 
And I remember clearly, I was, you know, we were, I was a roadie on, on the tours and I was on that tour, uh, pushing around speakers and trying to hang out with people. And I was on that tour with LL and, and Fat Boys and Rakim and all that. And I'd be very honest, at that time, some of the rappers were a little disrespectful when they got out of New York because New York, they thought that it was only New York. The world was New York. So they would see right. people that look a little different and with Jerry Curls and, and, and other stuff. And they, they'd be disrespectful. They'd be like, yo, Jerry Curl, motherfucker, put your hands in the air. And then I remember we got to Detroit and there was a whole bunch of Jerry Curl dudes from LA and they were called NWA and we didn't know much about them. But these cats, the, the, the police were throwing balls at them. They were throwing balls at the police. They had, they had, um, they had machine guns. They had um Uzis with them and all kind of stuff. And I was like, those Jerry Curl people with the mechanic suits on, um, um, I'm afraid of them. You know, because yeah. the rappers in New York, I mean, you know, they were talking a little bit of stuff like, yo, you know, like it it wasn't violence. It wasn't um fight yeah. back. It was kind of like uh, public enemy said fight back, but it was kind of like the very much uh Black Panthers, you know. It was like we are, you know, we are going to, uh, we're gonna police our own community. But your rap was, you know, we gonna we're gonna police the police the way they're policing us. And and what gave you that drive to be able to be that vocal? Because out of all the rappers you were talking about, maybe the earlier days, Sugar Hill Gang was very pop. Maybe the message was the one that was frustrating, where he was talking about people pissing on the radio station just don't care. You know, what what gave you that? that anger or that, that ability to say, I'm going to, I'm going to vocalize the streets in a way that very few people have. And I don't care. It really, it really comes from not coming from a hip hop background. Like, you know, like growing up in LA, it's a gang culture. So you understand gangs and you understand low riding and you understand how we had what the Cali look was. You dig? So when I first started to rap, of course, I was trying to rap like New York rappers. Right. But then I heard Schooly D out of out of Philly. Uh, Philly. Yeah. He did a song called PSK <laughs> where he sung about the Parkside Killers. Yeah. And I'm like, he's he's rapping about a gang. Right. And I was like, that's okay. And at that point, that's when I turned, that was the pivotal moment in my career where I'm like, oh, they like that shit. Right. And so six in the morning what they call the first gangster rap record really is not the first gangster rap record is PSK. Mm -hmm. And then six in the morning, I even snatched schoolies cadence when he said, PSK, we making that green. People always say, what the hell does that mean? I said, six in the morning, police at my door. Mm -hmm. Fresh. I, I even jacked the cadence, but I took you on a ride through LA you know, hitting Crenshaw, first time anybody ever heard the street Crenshaw, mm-hmm. rolling in a blazer with a Louis Vuitton interior and getting jacked by the police and going to jail and coming out. And that record hit, Dame, that shit hit. And I was like, yo, and it hit in the Bay first. It hit in the Bay because I got a call to do a show at the Fillmore West, a very famous venue. And, uh, I said, okay, I'll do it. They called me back three days later and said, we want you to do a show at the Fillmore West. I'm like, I booked that. They go, no, that's sold out. I'm like, word? And once I, I you know, sometimes you got to find your identity. 
Another thing that helped me find my identity was Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to be New York. I'm trying to dress. I got the spikes on early, like Melly. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to, rappers had a look. And uh, I was at a show with Russell in LA and, and they just called me on the stage. And that day I had on my street clothes. I had on Fila, I had K-Swiss on, I had, you know, my perm. And uh, mm-hmm. I went upstage and rapped. And when I came off the stage, Russell's like, that's your look. Mm. I'm trying to look like New York. Yep. You got to look like L.A. nigga. You a L.A. nigga. You got to rep the coast. And um, then Ice-T started to evolve into just being the L.A. player. And early, my first two albums, I didn't even rep Gangster. It's more like the player, the hustler. But when N.W.A. came out, and Ice Cube said, straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from the gang called Niggas with Attitudes. The press called it gangster rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I said, well, if it's gangster rap, I got two albums out already, then I'm the original gangster. So that's where the OG shit came from, me reclaiming, like, okay, if this is what we're doing, then yeah, let's make it clear. And, um, you know, it's just it's just really reflecting what you see versus rocking the party. Like, you know, when I tried to rock the party, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started talking about the street shit, I reached a large audience. Um, and it was really my perspective at the moment. So earlier, Ice-T music is a lot more negative as before I started to evolve as, as a man. I was kind of like, right off the block. Just imagine if you took a kid right out of any borough, Queens or whatever in the projects, he's hustling. And if you put him in a studio and whatever he said happened to rhyme, that's real raw gangster rap. You see what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? It's just magically it rhymed and he told his story. That's what we were doing right out the gate. Let me go to that gangster mentality though, because you know, we can't help where we came from and that gangster mentality has seemed to have served you in various different ways because you used it in the form, and I always say to everybody, there's only two people to get the ultimate pass, Snoop and uh, Ice-T. You can get a, a star on the Walker Hall of Fame and curse everybody out at the same time, you know, by and, and giving love to obviously the people that are in the audience. But if you reflect on it, there's a certain way you can think about gangster stuff. You can think about it as don't ever cross the line. Don't disrespect me because this is all I have is a reputation. And I'm going to have to defend that reputation because if I allow you to do that, well, then everybody's going to do it. Or it's a mentality of, listen, I know you got dirty with me, Warner. I know you got a bigger priority. And, you know, I don't think that, um, I don't think I want to take you down that path. Kind of like, you you know, you walk down the block, listen, little homie, I did this dirt by myself. Don't worry about it. I know you cool. You ready? But I, I, I ain't going to do that to you. Or when you and I, you know, we're, we're kind of hanging out and chilling on our own. And you're like, listen, I always talk to Dick Wolf. And I'd be like, listen, man, just tell me what it is. And I'm good. You know what I mean? We, we, I've had a good fortune of going from being a cop killer to the longest running cop on television. And uh, if TV and everything is changing, I got you. You got me. I got you. Don't stress it that you right. have a form of dedication from a gangster way, but also you brought the form of, but I'm not going to bring you down that path. I mean, you just let me know what it is and we good when we walk in, you know what I mean? So I, that is served code, you. Dana. It's, it's a code, man. It's a code that, you know, I was raised around a lot of OGs older than me. And, you know, 
it's a code, man. It's like, yo, man, I, I, I got this. I, I did it. It's my shit. Let me handle my shit. You know, like people talking about snitching. Yo, if I did it, I did it. Yeah. I'll handle I could carry my weight. When I was going through the cop killer shit, I wasn't pointing at other rappers. But I would look at them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're saying stuff, too. I'm like, I handled my business. But, you know, you got to have a little gangsters to survive in this business because the way that business is, they'll fuck you. They'll fuck you with the, with the soft touch. You know, they, and they, they will also challenge anything they think won't fight back. They will definitely, you have, as a, as a businessman, you got to be like, I know my shit. Mm-hmm. Don't play me. Don't play me. A lot of time when I'm doing contracts with people and they're like, well, what do you want in the contract? I'm like, why don't you just send me one? Let me see what, how you feel about me. Let me see your offer. And I don't know whether you a fuck boy or you really <laughs> down with it. Like I can, yeah. I can read. I can read how you feel, you know, give me the offer. I, I, I'm waiting to see how, how valuable you think I really am. So a lot of times, man, you know, this attitude. Now, my, now my personality, this gangster shit, it's not really who I am. I had, you know, 50 Cent said it best. It's not how my mama raised me. It's how the hood made me. Mm-hmm. All right. So you come into this business world real soft and thinking everything's good, they're going to fuck you. They're going to fuck you. They're going to find everything you don't know and take advantage of it. It's like if you're doing a, a record deal and they go, okay, your international merchandise, you you know, what, what you go, huh? They go fucking right there. You know, <laughs> they say right there, uh, huh? You know, Mentally, huh? they go right there, huh? huh? Oh, well, we got them right yeah, there. Yeah, they go, oh, uh, publishing. What about that, huh? Oh, fucking right uh, there. They're not going to explain to you right. what your publishing is. They're going to hit you every place you don't think they don't think you know. But my boy used to say, they've been fucking us long enough. We should not have fucked by now. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. 
State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I don't think it's I think it's just the streets translate to business very well. Well, can I know? can I ask you know cuz a lot of a lot of people are going to be trying to move their career where every every day somebody the fair getting canceled or whatever, but let me ask when is that not work for you? Um, you know, this mentality and have you ever said I went too hard or I didn't know what I didn't know? Yeah. I mean, can you do you can you recall any times or, or that moment when you said, "You know what?" Maybe I should have gave them another chance, but I had 
I developed such a hard shell that they weren't trying to fuck me, but I thought they were. I mean, or, 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 or listen, somebody could have been trying to fuck you and you regretted it at the time. And you, you reflect and seeing what they did to other people after you. And they were, you were like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, not really. I, I, I'm, I'm very smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm very smooth. When I deal with people, it's always a soft touch. And I make sure the people around me have a soft touch. That's the biggest problem, my crew. Like, the guys I got working for me, they not as seasoned in this as I am. So, you know, even this the way, you know, a lot of brothers, the way they talk, people are like, they're extorting me. No, no, <laughs> they're just asking for the money you owe them. That's all. But that they're, they're, I have to, like, work with my guys. Like, look, man, you can't. You're scary. Like, you know, don't be like that. But no, nah, I mean, no, nah. I, 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 I've learned a lot. I've been in a lot of rooms with people. I've dealt with, you know, big heavyweight executives and they're gangsters. Yeah. You know, they, they're the way they handle business. Like I always say, like in business, the trick is like me and Dick Wolf's relationship is we make the deal. I stick to the deal. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's a moment when we get to negotiate. We go back and forth. Nah, I think I'm worth this. I, I can get Brad Pitt for that. Come on, man. You're out of your mind. But come on, man. This, that, and the third. Come on. I'm the only black man on the show. I might throw the race card in there. Right. I'm trying to get paid. Right. Right. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. But then after we come to that negotiation and it's done, I stick to the deal. And so does he. That's gangster. I don't come back halfway in the middle of the contract wanting that. No, 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 mm. no, no. So he knows once. I told you, Dick Wolf said, Ice T is the least pain in my ass, the best compliment I ever got. Because you know, when you have employees, the person who's the least pain is your favorite person, you know? Right. The one that's always coming with problems and ideas and bull. Man, come on, man. You're really close to the edge. You think you're doing a lot, but you're really about to get fired because you're driving me fucking crazy. So, you know, my boy, one of my other boys said, the only thing gangster about Ice-T really is he does not back up well. Mm, I like that. I don't back up well. So in other words, everything's cool until you tell me what I better do. Then, nah. Because like you said, once I allow that, I might as well let you do whatever you want to me. I might as well let you move in my house. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be a point where, and you got one too, where you like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, now you're gonna cross the line. Nah, and you know, other than that, I'm fair game. I play game fair. Well, well, you know, your your history is coming up as a as a really vocal music artist and various. And you know, I I don't really know what the real deal is. I mean, I, you know, I've been told you're a pimp. Told you this, you know that, and then you 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 change your lifestyle. It it alters a little bit, and you you know, with our wives and friends and. You changed to be just becoming a, a new dad again, taking that path. Uh, beautiful wife, very dedicated dad. Um, what was that moment when you you said, I don't know, I feel like change. I mean, you know, you didn't change immediately. You were ready for change to be the guy that we know now. Um, very beloved as a father, a husband, various other things. And no longer, I mean, you're a gangster at heart. So it's very hard to explain ice. But that moment of being calm in your career, you know, going on and being an actor, but the meantime, being on stage, your shirt off, doing heavy metal, some shit over here, and then, you know, being on the player's ball, which I think that's my favorite role of ice, being on the player's ball, 
Um, Clay Hayden. Yeah, yeah. When when did you get that form of like being just really comfortable whatever you did and being a dedicated dad? Because I know I know the story when you know so you, when you decided to to you know to 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 be that person with Coco. I know you gave her the phone and and said any any yeah. any young lady call you answer this. And, and, and you know what I, you you say it better than I do. What was that that moment when you gave her the phone and said, "Boom"? Well, like 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 this has been a long transformation, you know. So the first transformation was leaving the streets. When I started making music and I got a little famous, I just said, "Man, I'm done. I can't break the law no more because you know now all eyes are on me, and I don't want to get any of you guys in trouble." Yeah, but how about you thinking and, not keeping it real? I mean, we just we just seen what happened to Gunna and all these dudes who they were making all this money, but you know now they got Rico charges and they probably going to jail until um you know I don't know until aliens come down. And, Start rapping. Well, there's a difference between fame and infamy. When you're infamous, you don't nobody knows your name. You like low key. And like I said, if 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 everybody in the street knows your name, so do the cops. <laughs> so true. I had been able to duck them. And when I decided and finally started making a little record money, of course I went broke. But that was a career change I made because now I'm doing interviews, I'm meeting people. You can't do that and go out and break the law. And my other book, I had this this chapter called Two too famous to steal where I went to do something and steal something and some kids came out of the house and wanted autographs. So I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? So, wait a minute. Wait, 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 hold, on. hold on. You went to steal what? What, what, what you, you was all, you was already famous. <laughs> you was trying to steal something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you don't really get no bread to your first, second, third album. <laughs> so I had a Porsche and I was trying to uh, get a part Porsche. And, um, <laughs> My boys had stole a Porsche and I didn't want to pay for it. And they was full of shit about getting the part I needed. I'm like, where's the motherfucking car at? Where's the car? I'll go get it. Fuck that. So I got a ratchet set. I got my boys. I'm, I walked through this apartment building. I walked through this apartment building. I pulled a car cover off the car. I'm in the car stealing the part. Part probably cost like a thousand dollars. I'm I could have paid for it. I I was just you still had that mentality to why pay for it, <laughs> right? I wanted, plus I was showing my niggas I knew I, I was still good with my shit. Right. But when I get in the car, all these little kids come walking out the motherfucking house, and they like, I see. I'm like, I'm in the car, like, oh shit. So now they mothers and stuff come out, and I'm taking pictures in front of a G, in front of a, a, a GTA. I'm standing there taking pictures. Cause they saw me in breaking or some shit. And um, yeah, it's funny now. So then after they all left, they thought that was my car. I had to call the homies like, yo, this car can't be here in the morning. Get, get, right. move this fucking car. But yeah, that, that that's a chapter in one of my books called too, too famous to steal. But long story short, now I made this transition. I'm going through all this music and stuff like that. Uh, I left my, I, I, I was with my ex Darlene for like, 15 years, never got married. And when I came to New York, we broke up. Mm -hmm. You know, usually when you break up with a woman, you really broke up a year or so earlier. Mm -hmm. So we were, we were we were together, but we weren't really living like that, mm -hmm. you know? And what finalized when I came to New York to do Law & Order, it was like, okay, might as well stop playing this charade out for my son. Right. Let's just cut it off. So then I was single out here for a couple of years, didn't, didn't dig it. I didn't dig it because, you know, 
it's just a it's an illusion you know it's always when you got your girl on your arm all the girls are fine as soon as she gets off your arm these bitches change they transform into all kinds of other scary looking things you know it's just something about being single that's not as fun it's right. just it's a weird warp so when you're young it's cool because you'll fuck anything but when you're older and you refine your taste you know, you ain't going to see that chick you want walking around by herself. It's just not I like think, it. you know, I think that is a greeting call. When you're young, you'd fuck anything. You know, I think you should write cards. <laughs> when you're young, you'd fuck anything. When you get a little older, you ain't going to see the shit you want to fuck. Uh, you know, I think that's pretty, you know, you should write greeting cards. I think that's that moment. But let's go into, let's go into, let's go <laughs> you further. You refine your taste. Yeah. You refine your taste. So I met Coco. Now, when I was going after Coco, I was watching a lot of the Osborne. Uh-huh. Um, 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 Ozzy and Sharon. Right. And I was looking like, would Ozzy have a mansion if it wasn't for Sharon Osbourne? Like this woman is running all the tours, running all his business. Doesn't even seem like Ozzy would know how to pay a phone bill. Ozzy is something different, yeah, right? Yeah. But he's wealthy uh-huh. because he got a woman to hold it together. So I'm me personally. I could get money, but crossing T's and dotting I's is not my thing. It's not many artists' things. That's why artists have business managers. Cause you know, you you my business manager, you send me in the studio, da 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 da. Send me over here, send me over there. I will get money, but somebody gotta pay the taxes. Somebody gotta, yeah. you know, that ain't what we wanna do. We just wanna make the money. Right. So I told when I met Coco, she was fine. I was like, told her, I said, yo, I mean, I'm not really just trying to get another number in my phone. I'm really trying to find somebody that wants to ride. And she dug my the flyness of me. She was a chick. When I met her, I had on a red snakeskin suit. So she was like, ooh, that's fly. See, some <laughs> girls, some girls want soft niggas. Uh-huh. And some girls want real niggas. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't a soft nigga, they like, I'm not even into you. You you ain't got no bass in your voice. Some women want a, a man, man. So she was like, that's <clears throat> some coke. Yeah, yeah. Like, Put me in my place. You, I like that shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, some chicks, I don't know, they emasculate niggas, but that's different. They won't even fuck with us. They, they just already know that nigga Ice is too mannish. Right. Funny story. Whoopi Goldberg was talking about Coco one day, and she said, "Yeah, Coco, that she's a dope sister." And they go, "Sister." They said, "Uh, Whoopi, you know Coco's white." She said, Coco been dealing for 20 years with Ice T's mannish ass. She's a, a she's a, a, a honorary sister, yeah, right, goddammit. Right, right, right. You know, dealing with that nigga. So anyway, when we got together, I was just like, yo, are we gonna do this? Are we are we are we gonna do this as a couple? And she was like, I'm down. So I had a phone at the time, and I'm like, here, take it. Start answering the calls. And anybody that calls up, just say who you are and take the message. At that time, yeah, I was out in the street, but I didn't have no chicks that could lay claim to me. They were just chicks. You know what I'm saying? So when they got the call, she's like, hey, what's up? Is this Ice? No, this is Coco. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they might hang up. Maybe they might tell her to leave a message. Sometimes I got the message. It was such and such. But you know, when you out in the streets and you, you a player, that girl is calling from Atlanta. She ain't talked to you in a year. She's just checking in. You know, we're going to Miami. Y'all going to be in Miami. You know, that bullshit. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, you don't know, know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Right. So anyway, Coco cleared the house uh, in a beautiful way. But then she would also take messages from my niggas. So I would get messages like this from her. She's like, uh, baby, uh, Trigger said he left some bullets in the car. <laughs> <laughs> or the funny thing is, like, they would call and it would be like this. Yo, yo, what's good? What's happening? What's happening? She'd be like, oh, this is Coco. Same nigga. Hey, Coco. What's going on? <laughs> the same nigga's voice would change when he would talk to her. So, you know, it's been good. Now we've been together 22, going on 23 years. That's good, man. And uh, it was a smart move. You know, it was a smart move for me. You know, this, this dating scene, anybody knows out there, it's toxic and it's full of landmines. And, uh, you know, I got the fuck off the field before I caught a body. Did you find balance? Did you, and that's interesting because she's so she's she's one of the, as you would say, I say too, she's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, right? And yeah. she's not trying to be this, trying she's just who she is. And did you find that that kind of difference changed your perspective on things? You know, not really. I never really dated a white girl before, you know. Mm -hmm. So my thing was like. You know, I've been around white girls. I work with them and stuff. But as far as actually being like in love and all that, that was different for me. But, you know, I always say I'm a player. I don't really care. You know, if a Martian bitch dropped down and was saying the right shit, I'd be fucking green pussy right mm. now. I didn't give a fuck. No, there you go. You like Captain Kirk. Because Captain, Captain Kirk would, would do it with anybody. Yeah, he banged everything in the universe. My partner, my pimp buddy, Rich, said, man, you just look for a bitch that could understand what the fuck you be talking about. You just need somebody that could comprehend. Mm. That's You needed comprehension, my nigga. So <laughs> I was like, no, Coco was dope, but I think I always say this, and I say this in a weird kind of way, but Coco and I are like, 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 like the exact same thing, but turn into a woman and a male. So think of it Let's like this, that, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, if my gangster was feminine, it would be sexy, mm -hmm. right? A woman's power is sexy, being sexy, not being like a man. She would be sexy, right? Mm -hmm. So that would result probably in a big titty blonde, right? That, And if her <laughs> gangster was male, it would be a nigga, a gangster. So it, it's, uh, it's like we're very alpha yeah. of each of each side of the spectrum you feel me like she's an alpha alpha woman i'm an alpha male and also i think that like you and your wife the trick is you have to find someone who matches your energy now if i go out by myself i spin the room when i walk in that's iced tea that's iced tea right well she spins it too she spends it on her own so therefore we we have equal power and we are a good couple. If I'm with a chick that doesn't have that same energy, my energy intimidates her. Like, why you got to take pictures with all the mm. people? Why you got this? Why you got to do that? If if my wife is with a weaker nigga, he like, why you got to wear that? You got to you look too, you know, you dragging too much attention. So you got to have a, both people have to be very confident in who they are, just like you and your wife. You know who you are. Yeah. She knows who she is. And that's why y'all, you know, we both dealt with chicks that are insecure. Mm -hmm. We both dealt with you know, so it's it, it was a lucky lick, you know. And uh, I was in my 40s when I met her. So, 
You know, I had done everything a nigga could do. I remember I told my boy, I said, yo, I'm thinking about getting married to Coco. It's like, nigga, you done have more sex than a football team. Nigga, you time to bring, bring that shit home. Put that, sh- put that shit down. Nigga, like, what are you trying, what are you trying to do? And uh, I'm very happy. And now with my daughter, uh, our daughter's about the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quote, I quote Muhammad Ali. He says, when a man has a child in the second half of his life, after he turns 50, it's like it resets it. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! (laughs) And outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like it resets his life. It re it, it made me want to live forever. It made me create new goals because you got bread. You could start slowing down. Yeah. But nah, not that new baby. That new baby, and it's the best gift I could ever get. I see how much you love your daughter. It's I I think the difference with Chanel and my other kids is I'm very conscious of this baby. Like. I had my daughter when I was in high school. I was ripping and running. So it was presence over presence. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Same way. Same here. My son, my son, Ice, happened right when I was becoming Ice-T. You know, I had never been famous before. This was a whole new thing. So I'm distracted by that. Mm -hmm. Just becoming Chanel, I'm comfortable. I'm in a cruise pattern. I was there when Coco was pregnant. I went to the hospital and Chanel still sleeps in the bed with us. You know, so I'm so much more connected to her than my other kids. But it's it's been a beautiful thing. You know, um I I really I took away a lot of stuff here, a lot of, a lot of a lot of a lot of gifts really and there's a lot of things that a lot of hidden gems in there and and obvious gems. I mean, I never thought of a I mean, think of gangster being a big titty blonde. I mean, you know, okay. Uh, yeah, I get it though. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because that that, that could be gangster, big titty blonde, big titty brunette, big titty whatever, little titty whatever. I mean, you know, Barbara Corcoran always says, "If you only got big titties, put a uh, put, put with with pigtails." You know, um, so, but um, I gotta say, you know, when you when you when you talk about young ice and you're advising a lot of the younger people coming up now who 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 look at you and you 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 pretty much have done it in your terms it hasn't been easy um a lot of people were against you and it, it wasn't really done before um of what you've accomplished in regards to being very true to your your upbringing what would you say what what is your go to in that moment when you have to make critical decisions and you say do you trust your gut? Do you say, I go back to these codes? You know, what is your kind of, your thing that yeah. leads you back to the fundamentals of ice and no matter what, he's not going to break these and I don't give a shit. If I lose everything, I'm not going to go against this. Um, 
I, I never, I would never betray my friends. You know, I would never, you know, I'm not that guy, you know, and the only person that can betray you is somebody that you trust, you know? Mm. So I wouldn't, I'm not that guy. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I run into lots of issues. I like to sleep on stuff, you know? I like to, like, if something is difficult for me to answer, I'm like, give me some time. Mm-hmm. Let me think on it. And a lot of times I'll, I'll wake up the next day. And I was noticing a lot of times things we stress off, sometimes you just need to make the phone call and just get that out of the way. Like, just you, that postponing it, that anxiety of it, isn't usually as big as the actual issue once you get to the people and you talk and get that over with. But I just really, I just don't fuck with bad energy no more. You know, I I know what bad energy is. I know when you're out to do wrong and you're out to do bad things. I just don't do that no more. I don't even entertain it. Do you entertain people around you who are not putting the energy towards you, but you hear them, they, Talking about other people, they always got. They, I can't fuck yeah. So what happens? Because sometimes that's family. Sometimes that's people who you know. I tend to cut people off after years, and I look at the list. You know, at the end of the year, and I go, "This person is not a good friend to themselves. They're never going to be a good friend to me." Or maybe I don't mess with them, and there's something wrong with me. But whatever it is, I can't change. I don't like them, and I just, I just kind of, you know, I let them know where we're at, though. I let them know, hey, I can't mess with you on this level or that level, or I. I tell them I'm clear because I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want no misunderstandings. What do you do about the people around you who do that? But they're not, they never do it to you. Managers, lawyers, yeah, friends, I, co- colleagues. They say if you can't change some of your friends, you have to change some of your friends. So mm. I um I don't know. Pretty much I got my shit down to a skeleton crew. I keep it 100. I got it down to a skeleton crew. I got a very, very few people that I really fuck with to where, you know, I'm going to return their phone calls if they call me. I, I just don't fuck with people like that. Like a lot of one of my homies was like, Ice is your friend? Yeah. Has Ice ever called you? <laughs> <laughs> Has he ever called you? Right. Did you ever pick up the phone? He's like, hey, man, how you doing? Okay. Think about that for a minute, right? Like, how does he call you? I, I, I don't think, my dad used to tell me if you can count your friends on your hand, it's a big thing. It's it's very it's very rare that you have people that you really let into your real world. Like, you know, like I know Grimm's your man. I know certain people. Those are people yeah. that are inside. Yeah, yeah. But those people that are inside are the ones that can hurt you the most if they go left. That's right. Because they have the access. So you just have to be very cautious. Um, I don't know, Dame. You know, you're right. I think it's your gut. I think by now your gut is very seasoned and you can feel it and you just try to learn from your mistakes. You make mistakes and you like, I mean, you know, I didn't even doing business. I just did a business deal with some people and uh, they came in and they act like they had a lot of money. And then halfway through the deal, they ain't had no money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, we can't even sue them. They broke. And so I told my partner, we cannot deal with broke motherfuckers. <laughs> Before we start, we have to make sure they can handle what they claim and they can handle. Yeah. So these are lessons. These are lessons, but, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what makes me tick at this moment. I just really just try to, like, keep it positive and keep, you know, 
I, you know, my thing is I've never counted on anybody else's house hustle. I think that's my success thing is I've never counted on anyone else but me. Right. And that, that's the, the scary part of it is right now I'm trying to get into other businesses. I'm trying to get, you know, we're starting a dispensary. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find things that generate money other than myself. Because mm-hmm. what if something does happen to me and I physically can't get it? Right. You know, uh, but I have to learn about those things because I've always been the one person that generated the money. And uh, yeah, man, it, 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 I, I just, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say, man. I think you just have a code. You have a, it's really your character. It's like, what is your character? Is your character a good person or is your character a shady person or a slick person? And you know, I don't got no ops. I don't got nobody after me. I don't have no none negative energy like that. I don't want that shit. It ain't worth it. It's not really worth it. And, you know, I think I can vocalize it as well. I mean, you know, I, I, I agree with so much of what you said, but this is about you and me trying to go down that rabbit hole with you and get that thought process of you going. But I think it's the same thing. You know, after you've been through so much, <clears throat> all these deals and people that come to you when it's a rush, right? It was always a rush. Hey, cannabis is hot this year let's get it hold, slow down so, oh wait crypto is hot this year come on come on i need you to sign this you know oh, oh, oh ice i need you to do this like you know and, and if it's so much of a rush and you can't go home and think about it and then all of a sudden why was it so much of a rush also yeah you know it's not necessarily the deals that you you don't do that hold you up it's the deals you do because you get into the deals of these people that don't necessarily have money because it's funny right a lot of people will come to you me and the people listening right now and they go Oh, we're doing all this, we're doing all that, we're doing that, but we ain't got no money for you because we want to, well, why everybody else got paid? Why everybody else got paid? What are you, you, you doing all this and that? You know, you know, I like to do, they go, you know, I was going to take this over to Diddy. I was going to take this over to you, but I'm going to take it to you first. No, 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 take it to them. Take, take it to them. <laughs> you know, but I think, I think that it, I think what it, what it really boiled down to is the, your gut, you know, because, well, you know, yeah. One, one thing I like to say also with me is that, I hold friendships dear, you know. So I, I, I'm friends with you. I'm friends with Dr. Dre. But I, I like say Dre, Dre. But I never talked to Dre about music, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're on Shark Tank. I've never talked to you about money. I never. We don't yeah, talk yeah. about that, right? You know. So I get around somebody like you know Damon John. Oh shit, you should get him to. I'm like, look, see, that's why you can't be his friend because. <laughs> You know, that's not what he does. You know, if you're friends with somebody like Dre, you want he wants you to come over and play Xbox and leave. Like that this this be his friend. You know, yeah. if something generically happens, that's great. But you know, I like people for who they are, you know, and just have friendships. And that's hard in this business because everybody's angling. You know, you your boy will come over and at the end of the night after you done had fun, drank. Here comes a pitch. You like, yeah. you, this is what this whole thing was about, this pitch you got for me. Like, come on, man, take it easy. I don't know. It's different. Different people see things different ways, you know? And so I I see things my way. And, you know, I always say, I think at the end of the day, Dame, what, what really matters to me is my legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, not the money, not none of this shit. Because when you've gone... You're just going to give the money to people who are going to fuck it off because they 
didn't have the acrimony to get it in the first place. So it doesn't mean they're going to have the acrimony to hold it. They're going to fuck it off. So, you know, the only thing that really you leave is your reputation. Mm -hmm. And if you are a great man, when people meet your daughter or your wife, they go, oh, that's Damon Johns. People, okay, let them through. Like my son is in LA. This nigga telling me, oh, I got juice. You got juice. How the fuck you got juice? You telling them you little ice and they letting you through the ropes. That's your daddy's juice. You got, you know, but my daughter's in Atlanta. When she says who she is, people treat her like a little queen or princess. That's what's important to me. My legacy. If I leave here as a great man or a good man, then everyone else gets to live off of that. Not the money. It's my rep. At the end of the day, our legacies is more important because that's what our families are going to live off of. That's what, you know, your your wife, your kids, and on and on and on. And we just had to be careful because they try to scandalize you or do something, ruin that. And that's more important to me than anything else. So, you know, I've just got to be careful and cautious because they, they hate to see, you know, especially black men become successful and pull it off and leave, you know, on a good note, you know? And yeah. that's what my thing is about, you know? So I'm very careful and, trying to stay you know straight so my my kids and my wife and anybody who represents me can be proud right well listen man i i, I always learn something new when, when we hang out and i love the fact of going down this kind of history path of that moment the moment that you know you realize that you were famous and you couldn't no longer live the life that you were leaving even though you didn't have necessarily the money the moment that you had to deal with with a decision uh, of of facing with Warner and or you were going through the moment of you know meeting your your wife and and changing your life the moment of moving to New York and you know moving away from your you know who you're with so a lot of decisions had to be made in your life man and, I, and I'm and I'm glad you you took the moment today to share it with us and uh, you always inspire me a lot of times you're just telling me things that I didn't know if I did the right thing or if anybody ever felt like like I feel you know, as I'm still trying to learn and grow. So I appreciate you spending this time with me, man. And um, thank you for being on that moment. Hey, hey, you know what? Oh, at the end of the day, man, you know, what I learned is that it's always going to be you. It's on you by yourself. There's not a group of people to help you when shit goes wrong. It's going to be on you. And in closing, I try to tell everybody, nobody wakes up in the morning with your dream. Whatever you want to do, you could think you got partners, but nobody wakes up thinking about what you want. And the only way it's going to happen is if you do it, because I could be on the sidelines. I'm helping you, but I don't wake up with your dream. That's your dream. All right. That's true. Thank you, brother. All right. Peace, Dame. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it. All right. And this has been That Moment with Damon John. That Moment with Damon John is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from the Black Effect Podcast Network, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate the show. You can all connect with me on any social media platform at the Shark Damon, as in Raymond with a D. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. 
Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.